You know, we're in a, a series called Down to Earth, and um, you know, this this um, it's a beautiful thing during this season. Uh, our hearts, our minds, they kind of get enamored with all that goes on during this season. If we're not careful, we can get busy and, and our minds can get cluttered with everything we think, everything we think needs to be done and how it needs to be done and this has to get done and this, this person's got to be bought for and I got to do this and, and if we're not careful, we can get so wrapped up in, um, the presence that, that we have to get instead of the presence we need that he gives. And, uh, we started this this morning. We were actually able to, to look at in the gospels, there are two gospels that give the full account of the, um, of the Christmas story. There are two. It's in, it's in Luke and it's in Matthew. Both of those give a full account and different, uh, some of them use different things. Matthew uses a lot of the prophecies found in the Old Testament. Luke does as well, but each one gives it from a different perspective. But there's one gospel that many people don't think it's the Christmas story, but it's actually in one verse. And that's John. He did it concise. He he consolidated it all down to one verse. And it's found in John 1, verse 14. This is the Christmas message in one verse. It says, The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. And we have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father full of grace and truth. There it is. There's no names mentioned. It's all about Jesus. And so John didn't put Mary in there. There's no Joseph in there. There's no shepherds in there. There's no wise men in there. It's Jesus showed up in the flesh. Here it is. The word became the, the, the shortest Christmas message story right there in the gospel of John. But we're not going to just stop there. We're going to move on. But we want to see that that's what it's all about. It's about God coming down to us. And for so long, we thought it was our responsibility to get to him. And it's never been. God's the one that created us, and He's the one that continually sustains us. And ever since the fall, we looked at this morning how when the serpent had caused and and literally uh, deceived Adam and Eve, and they went right along with it, can't blame it all on Him. They did have a choice, just like we do today. Um, We saw where... Uh, he, he, there was enmity. There was, there was a, 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 two sides were drawn at that point. We have an enemy of our soul, and then we have us that, that God loves and wants to redeem. And because of that, it said there's gonna be a time where, where a woman's gonna, because of the woman, he was speaking to the servant because he deceived her, said because you've done that, um, you're gonna, you're gonna bite his heel, but he's gonna bruise your head. It's gonna happen. And we're seeing that. We know now how the story plays out. And we looked this morning at a young lady of 14 to 15 years old that God brought the first message to. That the angel Gabriel, of all the people that God said, I've got to get this message out to, he shows up to this little 14, 15 year old girl who's engaged, betrothed to be married to Joseph. And we looked at her life a little bit this morning and we're going to carry on a little further because we did run a little short on time, but there... In the Gospel of Luke, we actually, in the first chapter, not only does it give us this story, but it also gives us a song that Mary wrote. And it gives us insight through her song 
of just how committed she was to the Lord. This was not just a girl that was just kind of hanging out, um, uh, going, going to the, whatever, the square and, and getting, and drawing water, but we actually see where she had a deep understanding of the Lord. She actually was committed, and we'll see in a moment as we go through the song. But before we get there, I want to look a little bit at a journey she took after everything had come out, after she had been told this and she accepted, Lord, as you will, let it be done to me. She was willing to do that. She decides to go on a journey. And she goes on a journey to visit her cousin Elizabeth. And we're going to pick the story up. It's found in Luke chapter 1 beginning in verse 39. If you got your Bibles, you can turn there with me. And it says this, At that time Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zachariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. Now, she didn't greet Zachariah, you know why? Because <laughs> he couldn't talk. <laughs> so he didn't believe what could happen, and as a result, he's like, oh, I got you, bud. You just you just sit right there. And so he, there was no greeting for Zachariah. He didn't get none. But Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting. And when she heard that greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. You talk about power going on right here. Here she is. She comes just a greeting, and she's already filled, and Elizabeth gets filled as a result of what's happened to Mary. And so it goes on in verse 42. It says, in a loud voice, she exclaimed, Woo! She got, she got the Holy Ghost, and it, Woo! She just got excited. She, she couldn't, she didn't say, it says, she exclaimed. There's a difference. And she said, when, when the Bible says she said and she exclaimed, it's like, what? There was something extra that was, that happened there. And she said, blessed are you among women. And here she is. This tells us one thing by that one statement. We know that Mary was at least past the age of 13. That's why it, uh, Scholars say between 14 and 15 because she would have already had her bar mitzvah. She had already been a daughter of the commandments. And so what this right here tells us, she's beyond that, if you read into that a little bit, that uh, blessed are you among women. She didn't say blessed are you among girls. Blessed are you among children. Blessed are you among women. And blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored? That the mother of my Lord... now. Elizabeth receives this, the mother of my Lord should come to me. As soon as the sound of your, your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And we all know that was John the Baptist. And then she goes on to say in verse 45, Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. Now you tell me, this is a faith-filled family. So you got uh, Mary, who this morning we looked at when she was waiting. She was all by herself when the Holy Spirit came to her. We Today that would be a real struggle because of cell phones and everything else. I don't know of many 14 or 15-year-old girl, 14 or 15 year old girls that spend any time by themselves. They're always either Snapchatting. There's something. They're going, hey, what you doing? And so it had to happen back then. Um, but... We saw that she was waiting. She was sitting there and she went through a process where she went from waiting to willing to say, Lord, do your work in me. 
And as a result of this, as a result of this blessing that, that Elizabeth expounds on her and exclaims to her, Mary bursts out with a song. It comes right out of her heart. She doesn't have to sit down. Now, if you and I were to write a song, and I said, hey, now guess what we're going to do tonight? We're doing songwriting 101. And I'm going to say one thing. I'm going to say, bless you. And all of a sudden, you just start. And you you just go with it. Mary did that. She immediately, out of what was in her heart, began to do it. And there's five things I want to look at that Mary understood. That, that through this song, there are five things that we can understand about Mary that we didn't understand in the first part where the angel came and spoke to her, where she went through that process. This really... It's, it, it gives us great insight to this young girl that she was somebody that knew the Lord and actually spent time in his presence. In, uh, in the, the very first thing that we can know by, and we're going to look at it, the very first thing we can know is Mary meditated on Scripture. Mary meditated on Scripture. That's the very first thing we know. And you go, Mark, how do you know that? How, how do you know that? It's real simple. Because in this song alone, there are um, 11 references. There are 11 references, 11 different scriptures in her song. References to 11 different scriptures that are in the song alone. And um, so she starts singing out of what's already she's put in there. And so when you when you look at this young girl... You begin to see in there she makes reference to Psalms 103, Psalm 22, Psalm 44, Psalm 89, Psalm 147, Psalm 25, 1 Samuel. She even references back to there was a young girl named Hannah who was barren and she couldn't bear children and she was, uh, she was without child and she was crying before the Lord at the, at the, at the city gate and Eli, the priest comes and and he begins to tell her, this time next year you'll have a son. She writes a song. She makes reference to that in this song. There's part of that. So she understood scripture. She meditated. This wasn't somebody that just had a little bit of Bible knowledge. She actually spent time on that. And it's, it's important to know that because she was told, I don't know about y'all, but she was given the biggest news of mankind. All for for hundreds of years, she knew there was a Messiah coming, and then for it to begin, it, it for the for the angel to appear to her and say, "You're the one. This is going to happen. You're the one that this is going to happen to." She had all types of things that she was going to have to deal with, Every, all kind of emotions. There were there were scenarios that we sitting here today because we read the story, we can't. Many times we find it hard to relate, but you got to think of this 15 year old girl. Who are you going to tell? Who are you going to tell that you're pregnant? Uh, I experienced that at a young age. I had um, one of my relatives at a very early age, um, at 15 years old, she felt like she had to tell somebody, and she told a 14-year-old boy. That's that's a that's real wisdom right there. It's like, I'll go and tell him. He'll know what to do. <laughs> like, here, let me, i got to tell you something. I'm like, no, I don't. I mean, she wanted me to walk or something. I'm not walking. I'm not walking. I'm staying. No, I walk. I walk her and all of a sudden she's I got to tell you. No, you need to. I was like, okay. I got to tell you I'm pregnant. I was like, 
Okay, what does that even mean? I'm 14. I'm not really sure, but okay. Started asking, who who knows? Does your dad know? Does your mom know? What, 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 what's, the, what's the important thing to know there? Mary had to keep that in her heart. She at first had to say, oh, and then to the angel, you do to me. I'm, the, I'm your servant. You do to me whatever, whatever you need to have done. And so you're talking about this is a, a national situation. This is a young girl that was carrying the weight of a nation, really the weight of the world to say, I'm carrying the King of Kings and I'm carrying the Messiah. I'm the Messiah bearer. And so um, there are many emotions that could come with that. But because of her understanding of Scripture, when this came out, she, she, she burst into song and she begins to use the very verses that she understood. So one... Uh, the the beauty of this is this wasn't something she had to go look up. This was something either through, because back in that day, we don't know who could read and who couldn't. It's not like today. Not everybody went to school. Some people went whatever trade their parents were involved in. They learned that trade. Not everybody learned to read. But either through her own ability to read or through memorizing and through hearing over and over and over, she was able to uh, take these scriptures and bring them into her life and use them in such a way that um, that she was able to just burst out in song. It shows a few things in that that she meditated on and she also had a love for the Word of God. Something that we all need to maintain. We've got to be careful that we don't become lethargic when it comes to the Word of God. We can read many books and there's wonderful books out there and we can get stirred. Do you know in this time in history... We have more access to knowledge as far as books. You can get a book on anything you want, whatever. In Scripture, in Bible, you want to learn, you want to read. We have that availability to us. But yet, it's one of the least read books still today. This is where we are, we're the ones that say, I love the Word of God. I love reading it. I love allowing it to wash my mind, to wash my heart, to get me in line with the Lord. I don't get it to line up with me. I'm like, Lord, I got to line up with you. I let it get in your business. It gets in there and it starts stirring stuff when you're wrong. You're like, you're right, Lord, I'm wrong. Mary was one that had it stored in her heart and it was something she did. It's that, I like to put it this way. Think of it as autopilot. Like, like when you're going through your day and you're on autopilot, you're just cruising through your day. I mean, just going through it. You know exactly what you have to do next, what schedule, what your next thing is. And something comes up that you're un- that's unexpected. Like your, your routine gets ruined. And something shows up. It could be in the form of a, uh, somebody calling. It could be the, uh, a phone call from somebody, a family member that you weren't expecting. It could be an accident. It could be any number of things that come up. What does your autopilot, where do you go when that happens? Does it instantly come up, Lord, you're faithful. Lord, you you got this. Thank you, Jesus. You got this. That's where the word is stored up, and that's when it comes out in those times. It's when things aren't going right. That's why that word is stored up now. That's what Mary did, and that's why when she was given this news in her song, she was able to just exclaim, just like it was exclaimed to her, like Elizabeth said, she was able to go break forth into the goodness of God and break forth using his word to do it. So the first thing we know right off the bat through 11 different scriptures in her song is that she meditated 
on the word. The second thing is that Mary had a, had a heart of humility. She had a heart of humility. Think of it that you've just been given the, the, the incredible honor of being the one that's going to bring the Messiah into the world. Now that could cause somebody to get a little prideful and puffed up and I am special more so than others. But Mary, in through the song, she begins to explain and exclaim and begin to share her, her humility. In, in, uh, in uh, 46 and through 48, look at what it says here. This is part of the song here. My soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. This young girl, Jesus isn't born yet. And she's calling him God, my Savior. She already recognized the song that Mark Lowry wrote. Mary, did you know? I don't think she knew everything, but it, by, through Scripture, she knew that the Savior was coming. And she was able to exclaim, God, my Savior. For he's been mindful of the humble state of his servant. Like, he knew, he saw her <coughs> in her humble state. And he is, look in verse 52, skip down a little bit and it says, He has brought down rulers from the throne, but he has lifted up the humble. It's amazing that she knew, this is another thing about Mary that many people don't realize, she was up on current affairs. She knew she was under Roman rule. She knew they had been there for 500 years, that they had not... that Israel had been under Roman rule for 500 years, and she knew that, hey, he has brought down rulers from their throne, but he's lifted up the humble. He chooses to do that. So Mary understood what humility was, and for us, we got to ask ourselves, that is probably one of the greatest uh, Christian characters that we can ascribe to have is, is true humility. And humility is realizing that I can't, but God can. That through Him, though it may be impossible for me, nothing's impossible for Him. That all things are possible through Him. And so it's a character that we can see through this young girl that began to, to just come out. And she began to sing that out to the Lord. Another thing that we can get, number three, is uh, Mary had an attitude of thankfulness through her song. When things go according to plan or when things don't go according to plan, we've got to think about what, um, what, what, what's the attitude that comes out because whatever's inside, um, you know, they say that, uh, that stress and all these things, they reveal character. It, or, or they make characters like, no, they just reveal whatever's inside. Whatever's there, if you're, there's anger, frustration, angst, anxiety, uh, it'll come out when things get tested. And so when our character's tested, that's when you see this. And so when I think about the situation, if we were to go back to that day, 33 B.C., and we, we're here with this young girl, you got to think what she was dealing with. I mean, today, and I mentioned this this morning, we're blessed to have with us in our congregation the director of Skylark, which, that, which reaches young girls that are in unwanted pregnancy in situations they're not really equipped to deal with. And here this young girl, 2,000 years earlier, there was no Skylark. There was nobody. She shows up in that culture 
She was very well aware that unwed mothers, they get stoned. They would be stoned to death. That was part of their culture in what happened. And so when we talk about this attitude of thankfulness, even in the midst of getting this news, she didn't allow those things to begin to override what God had said. She, she realized, she was very well aware of what her culture was. She was very well aware of who she was and what was it, what could happen, but she was also well aware that God, you're greater. And her thankfulness begins to ring out in, uh, um, is, begins to ring out in, in, that, in her situation and in her circumstances. Look again in, in Luke 1, 46 through 49, it says, and Mary said, again, one of the same scriptures, my soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices. See, she allowed the spirit and the soul, it was already her, 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 her spirit man was already, Lord, I'm locked into you and what you say, not what the, not what the conditions look like on the outside. True gospel thankfulness is always a matter of faith over circumstances. Like we don't allow our circumstances to take us over. Like anytime we get something that, that we, either a diagnosis or we get any kind of bad news, Lord, I'm trusting you. Lord, I'm trusting you. I'm going that way always first. And that's what Mary, we see with her. And for uh, for he has been mindful again of the humble state of his servant. For now, um, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. She began to, to pour her thankfulness out on the Lord. It was a choice that she made as a result of the news she was given. Now, so we look at, she meditated on scripture. She had a heart of humility. She had an attitude of thankfulness. But she also, number four is, Mary understood God's faithfulness. She understood at a very early age God's faithfulness. That he would do what he said he would do. I mean, this is where you think about it. And she had to look back and know, and it's only through scripture that she would have been able to do this. Um, in, in 51, in, in verses 50 and 51, it says, His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. She wasn't just simply thinking about where she was. She had studied, remember, she meditated scripture. She knew and had remembered God's faithfulness from generations before. That, that she was fully aware that God could do things that were far beyond our only, our own ability. And she goes on to say, He has performed mighty deeds with His arm and He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. This is a young girl. When you start looking at what just rolls off of her heart, comes out of there and begins to sing to the Lord, you see that that um, that uh, that God had done a tremendous work before. You see, hold it. He didn't just meet. He didn't just go through eeny meeny miny mo. <laughs> he actually was. His eyes were on this young girl, and he saw there was something in Mary that caught his eye. And you see now. This is a young girl that was already, her heart had already been captured by him, which captured his eye. And so we got to ask ourselves when we look back, many times we can fret over situations that come up. And we've got to ask ourselves, Lord, you've been faithful. I just want to ask you tonight, has God been faithful in any way in your past? 
Has there been moments where it looked like, oh, it's not going to work out? Nope, 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 it's not going to work out. Oh, but God. God shows up and does things for us that we never thought possible. And so with this young girl, she brings to remembrance his mighty deeds. She brings to remembrance his faithfulness. She understood that. And that's another uh, quality or character that this young girl had. And finally, the fifth one is this. Mary trusted God's covenant promises. She understood them, but she also trusted them. It's one thing to know what God says. It's another thing to believe what God said. Like there are many people in churches today that struggle with the very basic message of salvation. Like it's somehow they struggle with the fact that Jesus did all the work on the cross. Like there's nothing that I or you can add to one ounce to what Jesus did on the cross that, that redeems my life. And there are still people in church today that are, that are wrapped up in their deeds instead of what God did. They're wrapped up in what they've done instead of what God's done. And Mary had to already determine, nope, I'm trusting in you. I'm, I'm believing you, your covenant promises. And she begins to bring those to remembrance in verses, the last two verses, 54 and 55. Look what she says. He has helped his servant Israel. She's talking a nation here. A 14 or 15 year old girl is crying out, understanding, singing about her nation, remembering, uh, you, he has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. She was locked in that God will keep his covenant. And so when, when you see this young girl and you realize, hold it, there was a strength there that was built over a period of time in her young life where she had trusted. She knew God. She had, she had, she had spent time studying what he says and who he was. And as a result of that, God was faithful to her. And the, the same thing holds true with us today. When we look at the whole thing of covenant and the covenant promises of God, you got to ask yourself, who or what am I going to trust in? And am I, am I going to trust in what God says or I'm going to trust in what I think and feel? And this is a battle that all of us still have today. And it's one that we battle with our flesh and our spirit. This is where God's calling us to just like Mary, be a covenant. I trust in your covenant. I trust in your promises. You said it. I believe it. That settles it. Then I'm not backing off from it. He said it. I believe it. That settles it. And so for us, as we kind of close tonight with Mary's song and looking at who she was and what she did, I, I hope that you will draw strength from this young girl who, by the way, she's only mentioned really three times in the New Testament where we see where one was at this the birth and here she is at Elizabeth. The second time, and we'll look, that's at a later date, at 12 years old is when Jesus is in the temple. She's mentioned there going back again. And then again, she's at the foot of Jesus' cross. She shows up there. But it, it tells you and it gives us an insight into this young girl at a very early age that God did a tremendous work. Even He was already working in her life when he came and decided she would be the one. She had already committed herself to be, um, she had already committed herself to be used by him. And so I want to ask us tonight, because we want to be, this is our takeaway for tonight. 
How much am I trusting? How much am I willing to say, God, whatever you want to do? Lord, I, I'm willing. Whatever you want to do with me, Lord, and I know this, you're the few, the faithful, you're saying, I know you're the, the go-getter, say, I'm coming, I'm going after God. And it's a beautiful thing. Lord, what, what am I willing? Am I willing? Whatever you tell me to do, I'm willing to do that. This is a battle that we all have, and I encourage you that we can draw strength, that, um, that we, first and foremost, we need to be people of the Word. God's Word has to be paramount. It has to be first place. It can't be second. There's only one first place that we need to spend time meditating on it, allowing it to permeate our heart, our mind, our thoughts, our life, allow it to do that. That we need to have a heart of humility that God... I don't want to, you know, I don't want to put myself. Remember, the number one sin that caused Satan to fall was pride. It's the opposite of humility. Thinking I deserve something, or I, she could have said, "I deserved it." Look at me, y'all. It's no. Look at him. All of her life. Look at him. And um, and then having a heart of thanksgiving, and that attitude of gratitude. I'm thankful, Lord, for what you've done and what you've done in the past and what you're doing now. Not just then, but still today. And then understanding his faithfulness and then, and then fully trusting and relying on his covenant promise. If you would, bow your heads and let's pray. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, I do thank you for your people here tonight. Lord, I thank you that you are at work in all of our hearts, in all of our minds, in all of our spirits. You're bringing us to the place on this journey where, Lord, where we will declare there's nothing too difficult for you. That, Lord, there is, Lord, you're the one that created everything. There's nothing that was made that you didn't make. And, Lord, there's nothing on this earth that is too great for you. And, Lord, I thank you that tonight, Lord, I thank you that you would begin to stir during this season. Lord, we wouldn't just go through the motions. We wouldn't just be locked in tradition just for tradition's sake, but Lord, we would take this time and begin to lean into you and begin to learn from you and begin to to lock our hearts in with yours to say, Lord, use us during this season, Lord. Help us. Lord, help us in every area. Lord, the, the willingness that we have. Lord, speak to our hearts. Lord, as we go about our days, Lord, we give you full control. We give you the 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 full reins that, Lord, you have the permission to interrupt us in any way you see fit. Lord, we just want to yield ourselves to you and allow you. We just choose tonight to, to yield ourselves and allow you to have your way through us in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Well, I want us to, uh, if you would stand with me at this time, we will... Encourage you to, to carry this on at your house. Some of my best times are first thing in the morning, best part of my day. I don't have to have anybody. It's just me and Jesus and the Holy Spirit and the Father. And I get to just bask and bathe in His Word, get to bathe my heart with it and wash it and cleanse it. And then His Spirit just literally pours out just a beautiful thing. Open your hands and receive from him. And as always, I'll be here available if you need prayer for anything. We'll agree with you.
Father God, You're the one who commanded blessing to be spoken over Your people. And in so doing, Lord, you, You desired Your name to be placed on them. And in so doing, Lord, You in turn would do the blessing. And so I say to each one of you, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord cause His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord lift the light of His countenance on you and give you His peace. In Jesus' name, amen.